Welcome to the conversation. Jim Watkins here. Thank you. God, I, I looked at the numbers today on, on the number of people tuning in, dropping these downloads. It's pretty impressive, and I, I think I think I'm resonating with people, which is good. Man, there is so much mistruth out there, misinformation, disinformation. Untruth abound. Riders on the storm. The ship has left the harbor. Into this house we're born. Into this world we're thrown. It's a throwback to the 60s, like man. A dog without a bone and actor out alone. Riders on the storm. Hard to believe that came from the 60s. Or did it? 72? 72. So we're going to talk about energy and climate change because nobody talks about climate change the way I do. And, I, and I'm an expert at it because my experience begins in 1986. That was my first introduction to this concept of environmentalism, which back then, in 1986, the cause was specific to cleaning the air, cleaning water, cleaning the land. Uh, we, were, we were consuming raw materials differently back then because we didn't have a lot of the te- emergency technology that came along later that made it more efficient. And having grown up in Los Angeles and seeing the orange haze in the morning and having sig alerts, smog alerts, where people literally stayed indoors because the air was so bad. So when I heard about Beijing and Shanghai and some of these Chinese cities that go through the same thing, you know, of course I had that recollection and I understood that there's there's environmentalism which is the priority of cleaning the air, making sure our water supply is clean. And then there's climate change environmentalism, which is a complete set of conditions that are all based on a singular lie. A singular lie that carbon excess gets trapped in the atmosphere and it prevents the heat from the surface of the earth from escaping like a fly they get flies in one of those contraptions that you hang on your porch where they go in but they can't come out and that's the premise of climate change and it was first introduced by a man who his name escapes me but he got a hold of Al Gore and what's interesting about that is that many people don't realize that Tipper Gore was the head of education at that time Tipper is the one who wanted to put explicit lyric labels on albums back in the 70s, which is sort of a Republican thing to do, if you think about it. And so Al Gore was so convinced that the climate was warming because somebody showed him a chart. It was called the hockey stick chart. And it seemed to indicate that global warming was in parallel with a trend of, of the global mean temperature, the GMT, which was going up. And it seemed to reflect that the more industrialism we had, the, the more the temperature was rising. And so they put this model into a computer when computers were sophisticated, and, and they basically provided a series of data sets. And these data sets would spit out a prediction. And so if the data sets going into a computer say that if 
if the temperature rises by one degree Celsius in 20 years based on this amount of what we think is the amount of carbon going into the air, what happens if you double that amount of carbon? Does that also mean that the temperature, well, that's the assumption that they make. And so they start spitting out all of these computer models that forecast a very dark period of, of, of weather, dark in their perception, which is that the Earth's temperature will just continue to get hotter. And then they go on to the next scenario, which is, well, if that happens, then the solar ice caps will melt. And then they take it to the next level, which is, well, if that happens, then the coastlines of all the cities all over the world will start to rise and fall. And so through these simplistic steps, they've convinced themselves that if this is right, then this is right, this is right. And so you have what is called the Jenga belief, where you keep stacking all these scenarios that you believe are going to hold. But the basic premise of climate change being brought on by carbon emissions is false. It's never been proven outside of a laboratory. And the reason it hasn't been proven outside of a laboratory is because the ecosystem of the Earth is extremely complicated. There are more variables than you can possibly imagine in the way the air circulates, cloud disbursement, cosmic rays, trade winds, La Nina, El Nino, all of these factors, volcanic eruptions. Yes, you could say that we pollute the air with toxicity and carbon monoxide. Absolutely, we need to c control these things. But let's not... Carbon monoxide has never been claimed to be a greenhouse gas. Only carbon. Uh, carbon, methane, oxygen, nitrogen, which happens to be what we breathe. You know, now there's a big fight about nitrogen fertilizer. Well, ladies and gentlemen, plants love nitrogen. It helps them breathe. It helps them drink. It helps... It helps plants eat. And it's, uh, does it put off methane? Does it put off some sort of chemical in the air? Well, no one ever noticed it until recently. Now it's just another adjunct to an already big lie. And it's such a huge lie. And they use this lie, when I'm talking about they, I'm talking about large corporations, large governments, large lobbyists, all kinds of people. Um that count numbers, they sit around and they count things. That's all they do is they count things. They count carbon, carbon emissions. So now we have this very complicated situation on the planet, which again, no one tells you about, in which people are buying and selling carbon credits. So if you're a company and you have a law in the books that says you can only emit so many or you have to roll back your carbon to 1975 or 1980 levels, whatever arbitrary year they decide. And if you exceed those carbon emission limits, then you have to pay a fine. Well, or you can just pay in advance and you can even pay up more than you think you'll use. And in its essence, you're buying carbon credits, which is the allowance that they give you to exceed your carbon emissions. Now, does that sound like they're fixing the problem? All right, so here's another fact. If America were to not produce any energy today, uh, we would be responsible for about 5 to 6% of the overall carbon emissions, even though we are the most productive industrial nation in many ways. 
Our numbers are small. India produces much more waste than we do because they're four times the people. So is China. So we have two nations that represent about 60% of the population, and the rest of us contribute. But they're not going to be rolling back their carbon emissions. In fact, they're building more coal plants and more nuclear reactors and electric grids because they have a lot more mouths to feed, a lot more people using iPhones, a lot more people using Internet, a lot more people using infrastructure, roads. Man, you know, we... It's, uh, and, and, you know, it make, makes people feel good. That's what it is. It makes people feel good because they are saving the planet. They're doing something that gives them the ability to wake up in the morning and said, I did something good. It's almost like, you know, some friend of mine once told me that if you, if you feel bad, uh, somehow you're doing something good. You know what I'm saying? If you feel bad, you're doing something good when you're doing nothing at all. And that's what these bastards are doing. That's what these green environmentalists, climate change, climate crisis people are doing. They're being manipulated into believing that they're doing something by fighting the planet. How many times have you heard the expression, we need to take action, which usually translates to, we need your money. Now the big lie is that we're investing in renewables by paying higher electric bills. Don't worry. If your electric bill goes up 35%, it's because you're investing in the future. And you should shut the hell up. And, uh, well, if you want to turn your air conditioner off, go ahead. And what is it? Madrid, they're now saying that it's illegal to lower your electric uh, thermostat to 77. You can't be cooler than 77 on a hot summer day in Spain. And that's And they'll have the compliance. I wrote a blog not long ago called Here Come the White Trucks. And the, the premise is that we have in our neighborhood compliance officers. These are people that drive around in these white Ford trucks and they have their little pad and they have uh, some electronic contraption that obviously has access to all of your data. Uh, and they drive around, and if they see that you're watering your lawn on a Tuesday morning when you're not scheduled to water it until Thursday morning, they will put a note on your door that says that you are not complying. And if it happens again, they'll cite you, which means you'll have to pay a fine. If you ignore it, it could lead to you losing your house at some point. Or the law enforcement officers will show up. And that's what these compliance officers are. They're the liaison. They're what stand between you and law enforcement showing up one day. And then by force of law, they can force you to comply. And this is just about carbon. I mean, you're considered dangerous, right? You're considered dangerous if you uh, are using too much carbon, you know? can't have you using too much carbon now. You're contributing to man-made climate change, which means that you, my friend, are a danger. And that's where we're at with cl climate change, see? Climate change is a, is, a, is a tool that the government uses to fuck you in the ass. Beep. You are nothing more than a carbon-using uh, humanoid. 
and you must be controlled. Um, and, and now people in Germany, Europe, France, all over the place, they're, they're screwed because they get their fuel from, guess who? Putin, who's at a war with Ukraine. Meanwhile, Joe Biden decides that from day one he's going to turn off the spigot of American petroleum. And, and the demand is higher now because we have less supply that drives the prices up. And my goodness, every month for the first 12 months, our gas at the pump went up by, uh, well, about 10 cents. And then in the beginning of his second term, it really jumped. And we were all paying upwards to four fifty to $5 a gallon. And now they're celebrating the fact that gas has dropped 25 cents. It went up $2 to drop 25 cents. They're calling it a victory. Congratulations. Meanwhile, Jennifer Granholm over at the, who I, I can't quite pin her face, but she looks like somebody that belongs in a sitcom. I think she's a former mayor or former governor of Michigan. Uh, and she has basically made it more difficult because she's implementing the Biden plan, which is to limit fossil fuel production. And they even sent federal uh, negotiators to Wall Street executives, meaning they met with top board members and said, look, we're going to tax you more as a company if you continue to invest in fossil fuels and continue to advise your investors to put their money in fossil fuels. We're going to make it harder for you to make a buck. Why don't you just switch over to encouraging your investors to you know, think about renewables, solar panels, investing companies that are that are creating ways of making energy outside of the fossil fuel industry. Doesn't matter that they can only produce about three to seven percent of what is actually needed, but we want you to do that anyway. We're going to subsidize you. We're going to use taxpayer dollars, and we're going to subsidize you, and we're going to give you tax breaks if you encourage your investors to invest in renewable energy. So that the stock prices will be artificially high and people will be convinced that in doing so, they're making an investment in the future. And that's what all of this is about. You're making an investment in the future. When I got my electric bill, it was $400. Usually it's about 150 My wife says, why is our bill so much? We haven't been using more electricity, have we? No. We're making an investment in the future. We're paying for energy that isn't efficient. It may be renewable. It may even be sustainable, but it's not efficient. And that's where we're at right now, and that's where we're going, where we're going to continue to be until we have the first, uh, first solar mon that brings us 10 years of cold weather, which, according to a NASA scientist that I spoke to back in 2015, is set to happen around, well, any day now, around 2030 is what he said. We're just coming out of a period of, of a solar mon. We're starting to see more solar activity. But it, the chain reaction takes a little longer. And we will eventually get to a point where we may just have very bitter cold winters. Now, who, who can say? You know, the earth, the climate, nobody predicts. This is why weather people can never predict anything after, after five or six days. They just don't know the variables. You know... We had three different agencies this year predict there would be at least a dozen hurricanes. And it's already August 20th, or 
little thereafter, and we haven't even had one. They didn't predict that there would be the Sahara dust, and we've talked about that before, the Sahara dust sort of got in the way of things. And that sort of proves my point, which is nature is what happens when you're busy counting carbons. Nature is what happens when you're busy counting carbons. Remember that. Because nature is going to do what nature does regardless of what human beings do. This is what George Carlin tried to remind us back in 1980. Is that nature doesn't give a damn about human beings. We are a flea. Were it not for the dignity of being endowed with a spirit, we are nothing more than animal. We are nothing more than people on the earth trying to figure out how to live better, how to eat, how to have lots of sex and enjoy everything that we have in our life without much pain. That's what humans do. We love to enjoy ourselves. But there are people who don't think that's very cool. And they look at you and they say, well, this person shouldn't be happy because those people are starving. So what we need to do is convince these people that it's their fault that those people are starving. And so they do that, and now they're doing it with climate change. See, if it wasn't for us using fossil fuels, there wouldn't be a drought in Mozambique, and we wouldn't need to send them $41 million, which is what Joe Biden did today. he That's blood money. He thinks he's paying off these smaller countries because... Our industrialism produced shitty weather for them. And there's no verification of that in the IPCC. The IPPC or the IPCC is nothing more than a very long document that that explains how they count things. Go ahead, read it. Go ahead, please, I beg you. It's all about counting carbon, measuring dirt. They go to these far off places and they and they microscopically uncover what's in the soil. And they make up all of these things and nothing is really conclusive except that the climate is changing. And the climate has always been changing. I tell people all the time, it's why we have Earth, it's why we have the Great Lakes. When the last glacial age retreated, you know, you think about all that hard ice on the surface of the Earth, it just basically gouged these large reservoirs into existence. What is it? The Hudson, uh, Hudson Bay or the Hudson River was a gouge. It was a retreating glacier uh, at the end of the last ice age, which was about 10,000 years ago. And it left us great lakes. But what caused all that glacial movement? What caused it to retreat? What caused it to assert what was, the, what was the conditions that brought about the Great Ice Age? And then what were the conditions that brought about the end of the Great Ice Age? Climate change. The changing of the climate. It's what happens. But the modern-day scientist who is empowered by funding and by government agencies who wish to seize control of the environment by controlling energy distribution... They are the ones the ones that want to hold all the cards. They want to control you. They want to regulate you, just like with COVID, which we'll get into. You know, Fauci's leaving, bastard. Next episode, we're going to replay some of the golden oldies from the doctors who question Fauci. And we'll hear from, we'll, we'll hear from Fauci himself on how much he lied. 
uh, about everything. He will end up in jail or he will end up at the end of a noose, a self-inflicted wound perhaps, but uh, he will have a day of reckoning. And I'm going to tell you why. When Fauci was insisting on the one vaccine fits all approach program, he knowingly did so under the guise of the Emergency Authorization Act. Now, the Emergency Authorization Act by the FDA stipulates that there is no other treatment or therapy that could attack that particular problem. And in this case, it was COVID-19, when in fact there, there were numerous treatments available, including ivermectin, which is a commonly used drug, uh, hydroxychloroquine, which they actually funded a research paper that was uh, an exaggeration, and Bill Gates was involved with that. You can read about it in The Real Anthony Fauci from Robert Kennedy Jr.'s book. So Dr. Fauci, just in America alone, uh, we've had over 600,000 deaths from COVID-related illness. Uh, If you extrapolate 70 or 80% of those people that could have been saved if they had been given therapy early in in the diagnosis of having COVID-19. So let me put it to you this way. Dr. Fauci instituted a plan across the board of doctors, hospitals, administrators, health clinics, that the only approach to treating COVID was vaccinations. The vaccinations were a boom for Pfizer and Moderna. They've made billions of dollars. It was the one-size-fits-all approach, but it didn't work because, as we can clearly see, the vaccinations have had little effect on people getting COVID. Now they'll, they'll sell you Paxlovid, which, again, is another very expensive drug produced by a pharmaceutical that has a 50% efficacy rate, which is not very good. That's like taking your car to a mechanic and saying, hey, can you fix my car? And the guy says, well, I got a 50-50 chance I'll make it right. So Fauci knowingly allowed people to suffer at home, told them, go home when you have COVID, stay home, quarantine yourself for two, three weeks. And when your blood oxygen level drops, come back, see us. And by then it's too late because you've had a cytokine storm. Your lungs are full of of mucus. And God knows what else is happening to the rest of your body because of this spike protein that's in your body. But then they put you on a respirator. And again, it was too late. So Fauci is responsible for telling millions of people to suffer when they could have been saved. And on top of that, we have Mayor Andrew Cuomo and his foolishness in sending sick people into nursing homes even before we had a vaccine instead of quarantining them. And these are our leaders, Gavin Newsom shutting down businesses and schools, kowtowing to the California Education Board and the NEA. And so they mishandled COVID, and Fauci was at the top of all of this. And so he will pay. And the sadness of him not knowing, and even continuing today, we have all these adverse effects that are being reported. We have now websites that are dedicated to women who are complaining about losing their children in miscarriages, menstruation cycles that don't end, menstruation cycles that don't happen, women women who, who are beyond their golden years and they're having periods again. 
And there were early studies on with the coronavirus. You go back and look at my archives. Back in the 20, uh, 2021, there were studies that showed that the vaccines could have, could attack placenta-like materials in the body, placenta tissues. And I remember talking about that on the Coronavirus Update podcast, which I have also here on Spotify. So where are we? Well, we're back to the climate change issue. The climate change issue is one in which the government will use the body of science to get you to do something against your will based on the false premise that we are investing in the future, taking action, and saving the planet. None of which is true, but all of which empower the government to take your rights away for the greater good. This is something you might see in China, but they're not concerned about climate change over there because they're smart enough to know or dumb enough to not care that they are polluting the planet. They are actually polluting the planet. I mean, there's no question that they are the main contributor of pollution to the ocean, to the land, and to the air. Now, fortunately for us, the air is a limited problem to a certain extent. But the water situation and and the taking of fish sending out hundreds and hundreds of ships at a time going into territorial waters and literally dragging everything that breathes underwater, every life, and they just cult them up in the nets and they take them home. And, you know, this is what they do. I've said it before. They're like the Borg from Star Trek. They take what they want and they leave the rest. They leave the scrappings. So you can do something by... By writing letters, this is the trick in an open society. Don't patronize businesses that do ESG, which is another. The ESG is an environmental society and some other word that basically says, what is your carbon impact by what you produce? So they'll go to any company and say, well, how much you got to do a carbon impact study to show how much carbon your company produces. And then you have to pay a carbon tax. And if you don't do that, then we will shut you down as being a contributor to climate change, right? So don't do business with with companies that do ESG. If they brag about their ESG scores, don't do business with them. Let them know that you're not doing business with them. Call them. Call their store. Call their managers. Nobody likes to hear, I'm not doing business with you because of what you're doing. If we had done this when they started virtue signaling the LGBTQ trans movement, a lot of young children would still have their penises right now. But they don't because we didn't do what we need to do. Our only power is our collective voices of complaint. You know, you can shield, Joe Biden can shield himself from the the fact that only one in four people like him. And he could call that a victory. But he's, he's being protected. He's being told, well, they're, you know, it's because of Fox News that they have such a low opinion of you when when less than 5 million people watch Fox News. Or they'll say, oh, it's the misreporting of the newspapers because they're always talking about gas prices and how expensive everything is, and it's their fault. Well, gas prices are artificially high because of his actions, and prices are high because gas is high. Everything goes up. My dad taught me that when I was 14 years old. He said, when gas prices go up, everything else has to go up because gas is how everything works. Energy is how everything works. 
by making energy expensive. I mean, hello. And they are making energy expensive because they're producing less of it and trying to convince us that we go over to renewable sustainability, that that's going to save the planet because they have all of these Bill and Melinda Gates funded studies that say so because of the models, because of the premise, because of the hockey stick. And that's where we'll leave it this time up, right here. I'm loving it. I hope you are too. This is The Conversation. I'm going to give you my email address because this has to be a two-way. At some point, I'll figure out a way to live stream. I can do it if I want to. I just have to prepare for it. But I want to get up to a 1,000 followers. A 1,000 followers. So if you could do me a favor... You know, I'll tell you something Jordan Peterson once said. He said, everybody will meet a thousand people in their lives that they will have an impact on. Every single human being on the planet will meet a thousand people. And those people that you meet will meet a thousand more people. In the end of your life, you will be one step away from influencing a million people in your life. Isn't that something? So yes, you do have power. You do have value. And it goes above and beyond your carbon emissions, your carbon output, your carbon footprint. You know what you can do with my carbon footprint? Shove it up your ass, Jan Granholm. Please. So next time, realjimwatkins1 at gmail.com. Watkins number one, at gmail.com. Email me something you want me to look into, talk about, discuss, explain. So we talk politics, race, culture, religion, and sexuality on this program because those are the five pillars of society that have the greatest amount of impact and are under assault or being transformed in ways that are detrimental to our society. Until next time, Thanks for stopping by the conversation.